All right. Uh, let's fucking... It's a little bit of an awkward start to this episode, because <laughs> I almost destroyed this Ray's Sweet coffee table that's like this glass coffee table that's full of uh, VHS tapes and uh, looks really cool. And I dropped a big heavy mic stand right on it, and uh, we could have almost had glass everywhere. But more importantly, the VHS tapes might have been damaged. Yeah, so luckily, though, it just fell on my computer, so, so everything's fine. Yeah, fuck your computer. <laughs> Man, one thing, this is just getting into audio nerdery, but one thing I notice listening back to these, I'm hearing it right now, is like everybody has little quirks to how they talk or whatever. Yeah. For me, it's the S's. This, it like, just the way it comes out of my mouth is brutal. You can see it on here. Yeah. And I say something with an S and it just like spikes up. For me, I don't know if it's a, a spike sound, but I find my voice sounds um, a little bit dopey in a way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think there is part of that too, is like, I always feel like, uh, like, you know, obviously everybody, that's that classic thing everyone says, like, they don't sound like themselves when they hear back recordings. Yeah, yeah. And it's true, like, no matter how much you record yourself, you never quite sound the same. So I kind of think of it like, uh, it's like a marionette, like, you learn how to, what to do to make the sound on the other end come out the way you want it to. I mean, I'm definitely too lazy to just start enunciating everything, like, 100% properly. But my voice, I find it sounds muted almost uh, when we're recording or whatever. And I don't feel like in, in normal talk, even right now when I'm talking to you, that I sound like I do on the podcast. Oh, I think part of it, too, is just being recorded, like... Like, we're obviously just, we're not talking the same as we were 10 minutes ago. Like, it just changes something, you know? Like, you just put on some kind of recording voice. Like, it's impossible not to. Hmm. I, I mean, find it. I don't know. I, I don't see anything. I mean, yeah, I think, I think we're pretty <clears throat> legit. We stay pretty much the same. But there's always, like, a little energy, just a little different. Something just changes. Right. Probably for the best. I don't know. But anyway, this is the Prison Wallets. Prison Wallets. I was just going to say that. <laughs> this is the Prison Wallets podcast. I'm Ray. This is my co-host, uh, Keith. Yeah, that's you. Remember? <laughs> yeah. You were here. <laughs> I was still all, here. I was all set to talk about nothing. Or are once, you? Once we talk about the real podcast, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we're going to do, uh, so we mostly do movie commentaries on this here podcast, but we occasionally do little side episodes where, you know, we might discuss, uh, I don't know, school reform or whatever. <laughs> you, you never know what's going to happen with this bullshit, like, really. We're doing a couple of maxi episodes, though, like, because we've got a whole bunch of stuff pre-recorded already. It's going to go through editing, and then, you know, uh, it'll be put out for you motherfuckers to hear. So this is just a couple of things to kind of fill some space. So uh, I think how this came up is on uh, Twitter the other day, I think it was, it was so uh, to date this a bit that, yeah, we're recording this before it comes out, the uh, Avengers 4 trailer came out. And I think that must be what prompted you to put on Twitter that you're like, you decided you're going to not watch it and you're going to try to watch fewer trailers? No, the, what happened was this was before the trailer came out, a few like a few days before the trailer came out. People were saying, like, the trailer's coming out. And I said, you know what? I've decided that for this whole year, including the Avengers uh, 4 trailer, I think it's called Endgame. Yeah. I, um, so. I didn't watch it either. <laughs> I'm not, uh, I, yeah, I'm not watching any trailers at all for all of 2019. And that'll kind of tie into, we're going to do uh, an episode after this about uh, movies that we went into blind. So we'll talk about that more then. But yeah, so you mentioned that on Twitter of like, I'm not going to watch this trailer. And, and we did a little Twitter thing of, yeah, like, fuck trailers. But that made me think of trailers 
that there are times when a trailer rules. Oh, that's why. That's what I remember. I said to you is just like, uh, yeah, like it's uh, it's actually kind of more fun to watch the trailer after. Mm-hmm. Like you go into the movie as blind as you can, and then it's a fun little like after dinner. What do you call an appetizer after dinner? You don't. You call it dessert. <laughs> dessert, yeah. A nice little <laughs> dessertizer of uh, you go home after and watch the trailer. Did and you just fucking say dessertizer? <laughs> 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 I didn't. Uh, I'm a chef. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, trailers today aren't like they were when we were young. I remember trailers before. There'd be like a small flash of something here. And other than that, it was like almost like a black screen or something like that and it would be someone's voice it would be very little shown of the actual movie itself except for maybe some sort of like incidental scenes in the movie like with no no sound about it just music or something like that right and so you would essentially go into a movie fairly blind like you didn't get a whole lot from a trailer other than you know expect this to come out at some point and also, I mean, it's, it's come up a lot of times in this podcast, but that it was just a different world. Like, back then, trailers were precious. Like, you loved to see the trailers. Like, it, you'd never get to a movie late. You'd watch fucking Siskel and Ebert just to watch trailers or just see scenes from movies mm-hmm. and yeah. anything to, to learn more. Where now, it really is the opposite. Not only is it super easy to get access to all this stuff. It's I mean, thrown at you. Yeah, like you were saying, like there was a, a big the big buzz was the trailers about to come out. Like that's ridiculous. That's way too much. Yeah. And uh, and at the same time, trailers give away more than they ever have before. Oh man, like it's unbelievable. I've seen trailers and of course you don't know always the context of whatever's little clips of scenes that they're showing in a trailer. But then sometimes you watch the movie after seeing a trailer and you're like, they showed the fucking ending in the trailer? The one thing, like, recently that really stood out to me as far as that goes, if you hear our, the Samba music in the background, by the way, it's the Fight Club DVD menu <laughs> music. We'll get to that. But uh, uh, fucking Batman versus Superman, they showed that Doomsday was in it. Yeah. Like, are yeah. you kidding? That should not be in the trailer. That's right. ridiculous that that's in the trailer. Like... There was, like, six other things that shouldn't have been in the trailer, too, but that's, like, literally the end of the movie. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? I mean, I, I haven't watched the uh, the Avengers trailer, and again, I don't intend to until after I see the movie, uh, but I can't imagine that this trailer is going to have any real characters in it that, you know, quote, aren't there, you know, or aren't supposed to be there because they died in the last one. But, you know, as the movie comes closer you know for sure they're going to show clips with like spider-man and they're going to show clips with whoever you know like i don't want to see that shit i mean i know they're going to be back to life but do i really want to see it yeah it was especially it seemed so weird too this whole thing i mean i obviously like the avengers movies but it was a little overblown i thought of like when the bad guys or when the people started disappearing at the end of avengers 3 i'm like whoa this is really cool Till Spider-Man disappeared. And I'm like, oh, well, come on. As if Spider-Man's not coming back. Like, they're all coming back. It, to me, it ruined the whole... Like, if they had just killed, like, Bucky and losers like that, it'd be like, holy shit, maybe they're not coming back. The thing is, if you're huge into movies like we are and you follow them religiously, 
you know whose contracts are coming up yeah and who's our thing too because that's another thing when black panther died i'm like oh as if black panther's not coming back that movie made a billion dollars (laughs) his movie is nominated for a fucking golden globe for best movie sort of thing um but i mean in the case of spider-man like the the guy who plays spider-man tom holland he's contracted for like another fucking three movies or something like that so yeah, he's not going to be alive in the Avengers movies? Not yeah. possible. Right. So, yeah, it was still a cool moment. It was definitely like, whoa, this is cool. But if they had killed off Captain America or Tony Stark yeah, or, even who, Thor, or Chris or like Hemsworth, that might not be whose contracts are close to up or done after this movie, that's more believable. Yeah. Anyway. Can we just do, just real quick while we're talking about Avengers? Man, I think it's just also, it's one of those things, it happens with video games too, but when things are new, people hype them up a lot, and it's just like, oh, this is the greatest thing. But, like, there was a lot of love for Thanos. Like, oh, Thanos is the coolest bad guy, and his plan is so smart, and he's so cool. And I never thought this was a good plan, to kill 50% of everyone, to deal with the problems of overpopulation. That is the stupidest fucking plan I've ever heard in my life. Like, <laughs> I gotta disagree with you, Bob. Uh, I, no, in, in my opinion, personally, uh, I'm not on the trailer where he's such a great bad guy. Right. I don't think, if you really think about it, that Thanos thinks of himself as doing anything wrong in the first place. I mean, most bad guys don't, I guess. But he's in his mind, he wants to save the universe. And he's doing that by making resources available for the people that are left. And I don't know how the luck of the draw went, but man, can you imagine if it was just all the superheroes first and then, you know... Right. (laughs) But I guess that's the thing. There'd be no sequel. (laughs) Yeah, that basic premise, I don't mind, but 50% is not anything. Like, if you just take Earth with our 7 billion people, so you take us down to 3.5 billion... That's still way too many people. Like, we're going to be back up to seven in 50 years. Like, it should have been 99.99% of people if that's what you want to do. Now, that's an evil plan. And then I'd be impressed. But what if you? But what if the point uh, one percent of people that's left, you know, there's like say <laughs> only retarded people are left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be the greatest planet ever. Uh, no, but what if what if it was like say. A thousand people left on the planet, or something like that. And out of those thousand people, you had 30 serial killers. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, even that I think it would be kind of cool. Like, you have to take everybody back to hunter gatherer days, and then you'd see which planets survived. Like, I feel like there's a lot of ways it could have been cool. And it just wasn't far enough for me. Like that's I mean, it wouldn't be enough people to make a, a Marvel movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it sounds weird to say that, like, I think killing 50% of the population isn't enough, but. But I really don't think it's enough. Like, it just doesn't accomplish what he's trying to accomplish. Oh, did you just grow a little mustache on your nose? I heard, too. I never read the comics, but one of my friends was telling me that, which this also makes more sense to me, that in the comics, it was more that he uh, he had the hots for this god, and he was basically his infinity gauntlet, gauntlet shit was to try to impress her. Is like, I'm not a god, you are. But uh, I can, like, I'm going to make you notice me. Like, look, I just killed everybody. How about that? And, like, I like that better, too. And not all this, like, oh, I'm actually a good guy. Like, yeah, no, I just want to get my dick sucked. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I was thinking we were going to do this episode about uh, trailers that we like. But just since we're already talking about not watching trailers, maybe it would be more natural to do our other topic 
first for this episode. The, the topic blind, of... The blind uh, viewings? Yeah, because I feel like this, we've kind of... We're easing just... This, you know, that's what I like about our podcast, you know? We just let it fucking flow. And... Ebb and flow, ebb and flow. Because, okay. yeah, like, that's one of those things that it is really, like, tough, almost, to see a movie without knowing about it. Mm-hmm. But when it happens, it's it's great. It's a really cool. Okay, so let's let's do that then. I've got five movies picked out, and you have... I've only got four, so yeah, you start off and we'll go back and forth. Okay, but you have to find a fifth, though, or think of a fifth. Or we'll just do it, it'll be a, a, a Ray sandwich, you'll be the Ooh. bread. Or is that a Keith sandwich? If you're the bread, if you're on either end, and I'm in the middle, who's the sandwich? I don't know, I like to think of myself as the meat, but you know. <laughs> anyway, okay. Uh, I'm going to start off. So this this episode, like Keith said, is going to be about movies that we went into blindly. We didn't see any trailers. I didn't hear any word of mouth for any of these movies, really. And that's sort of how we came to see them. And they were phenomenal enough that it's a really great thing that we didn't see them with a trailer. Right. So my first... Uh, film is American History X. Uh, the Ed Norton, uh, what's that guy's name? K. His last name is K. He directed uh, American History X, and he quit three quarters of the way through the movie because he kept on fighting with Ed Norton. And Ed Norton was like, "Fuck it, I'll direct the rest of it," and he did. Right. I've heard too. That's one reason why Ed Norton doesn't show up that much these days. Is he's hard to work with? But I hear he's really hard to work with. But man, when that guy is on his game, he's yeah, golden. Like, so many good movies. Yeah, like he plays a really good crazy dude for sure. Uh, American History X, uh, directed by I think Tony K. I think that's the guy's name. Uh, Ed Norton, uh, Ed Furlong, Faruza Balk, the fat guy from uh, My Name Is Earl. Whose name I can't remember. He was in Mallrats as well. Yeah, Ethan Supley. Ethan Supley, yeah. Uh, and Stacy Keach. About a white supremacist who uh, ends up in prison for murdering a couple of black dudes that are murdering a black dude that tried to steal his uh, car or his truck or something at night and ends up going to jail and getting butt-fucked by some other white supremacist because he starts seeing the error of his ways. And then when he gets out, his kid brother is headstrong and uh, also deep into the white supremacist uh, thing. And, you know, I mean, good movie. I went into it totally blind. I was sitting at home one night, early 20s. I think I was 21, 22. And I had nothing to do. And I was scrolling through pay-per-view. And there's this movie I'd never heard of. Clicked play, paid eight bucks for it, and rented it immediately the next day and recorded it and proceeded to watch it five times in a few days like and i pimped it out to everyone i was like watch this shit that is a movie i should really watch it again because i've seen it but it's funny that when i think back to that era i don't remember it as well as the other edward furlong or edward norton movies from that time like i watched primal fear a bunch and rounders a bunch say so i saw primal fear and rounders once each yeah so we were like the flip-flops i think yeah. i only saw american history x once but i did like it and one thing man that everybody remembers and will never fucking forget is that's the where, curb stomp yeah that popularized the term i think curb stomp yeah. <laughs> is that fucking there's even that dude seth rollins the wrestler he had a uh, finisher called the curb stomp that yeah i remember that and uh, i think they brought it back but it's got a different name now because like somebody at some point vince mcmahon was like found out where that name came from and he's mm-hmm. like what the fuck you're putting this on tv we cannot 
don't call it the curb stop. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Oh, man, that's <laughs> a good. Fa- fucking family company. Because, yeah, that is a truly disturbing scene. Oh, yeah, it is. Like, the first time I saw it, honestly, I was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. so anyone who, I'm sure everyone knows, but anyone who doesn't know, it's you, uh, it's like, what do they say? Like, bite the curb? Bite the curb, yeah. <laughs> and when the guy puts his teeth on the curb, they just stomp the back of his head. And it shows him, gr- like, <laughs> close up of, of this black dude putting his teeth, opening his mouth real wide and putting his teeth on the edge of the curb and then boom and he's like good night motherfucker or something like that and that was it so anyway that american history x is the first one uh, in my list that i've seen blind i give this movie a perfect a plus that's actually and that makes me because i needed to think of one more that made me think of another movie that it's like weird, like a weird circumstance, but it does kind of fit with this. And the white supremacy thing is what made me think of it. Is it's this British movie called uh, This Is England. And I read about it. This was in like 2005. I was in Vancouver. And I read about it in one of the free papers. Yeah. And it's the only time I remember going to a movie because I read about it. So I never saw the trailer. I just read the blurb. And it was about uh, like ska and early punk culture in, uh, in the 80s in uh, fucking England obviously <laughs> and uh but what i didn't know about it because i'm just like oh that sounds cool this little fiction movie but it's about that scene and you know that that sounds cool so i'm watching it and then like you know they dudes start shaving their heads and then they start wearing red suspenders and the next thing you know everyone's a white supremacist and i'm like what the fuck happened to this movie <laughs> so it was kind of similar in that sense that i had i just thought it was going to be a fun was it good though because i've never heard of it yeah it's not bad it's uh the dude the one guy you might know is uh the dude that plays uh cassidy in preacher is in it oh yeah 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 it's uh, one of his i can't think of his name but I, I know who you're talking about yeah it's one of his early movies and uh yeah it's like just just this creepy thing where and i guess that really is like what happened to that scene in in england especially is you're just listening to ska music and skanking and everyone's having fun and then next thing you know you're fighting with the pakistanian guy just because you're an angry white dude oh that's the other weird thing the uh in snatch you remember there's jason statham and then his buddy Mm-hmm. Who, uh, Turkish? No. Yeah. Not Turkish. What's his name? I don't remember his name, but, uh, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, who's kind of like the idiot. Tommy, who, uh, yeah, buys the wrong gun and is just always fucking up. He's the head white supremacist, and he's all skinheaded and fucking jacked up and scary as fuck, and you're like, Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm going to check this out. I'm going to check that out for yeah. sure. And then they did a TV series after called This Is England 86, but it's not as good. But the movie This Is England, also just, yeah, and just depressing, of course. How's it going to be? <laughs> not be... But yeah, so there, you made me think of one. And good, good, good. Wow, that was quick. What do you? What What would you rate the movie? This is England, Jesus, man. I mean, I'm gonna give it like a B plus because it's really well done, and the opening is great, where it's just like to set the scene of England in the '80s. It's this amazing montage, but it's just. It, I always feel a little conflicted about movies that are just there to make you feel bad about racism (laughs) you know like i want to i want to have fun with this movie but i can't like i've only watched that movie twice and it was like a 10-year break between because it's just like i don't want to feel bad (laughs) so so i'll give it a b plus because it's a super well-made movie but i kind of didn't like being in that world (laughs) yeah okay wow that was that was a quick turnaround there um My next one is Creepshow 2. Uh, Creepshow 2 I saw, I think, for the first time when I was like 11 years old-ish, somewhere around there. 
Uh, and it's, uh, I mean, it's a famous, uh, I, th- I believe Romero directed it, based loosely on uh, some Stephen King stuff, because Stephen King was heavily involved with the first one. And it's the the one that had, like, the raft at the uh, and the hitchhiker and Old Chief Woodenhead. Right. Uh, those were the three stories. And, of course, then there's the story that sort of bookends it, which is the little kid who's being bullied, and he's got the Venus flytrap and all that stuff. I remember seeing this at uh, Childhood Friends Place, because this place, we would go there all the time, and his dad didn't give a fuck what we did. So he would... Uh, he would go out to go hang out with the neighbor lady and get laid or whatever, and we would watch pornography or uh, horror movies that we were, you know, not really supposed to watch, but we watched it anyway. So I would wa- I watched this movie. Uh, I love too that you're not talking about my house. Like it could have been my house, probably. Yeah, too. it could have been. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I either way, like, it could have I love been. How everyone's house, in except that instead of the dad going out and getting laid and your mom just not giving a shit. Uh, your dad was watching porn, <laughs> yeah, totally. getting high or whatever. But yeah, I mean, it was solid. I I think I like the first and the second one equally. So I mean, and the raft though. I mean, it's come up in this podcast. The mm-hmm. raft to me is the most iconic creep show of short of all of them. It's just the one I remember the clearest. The raft is definitely the best segment of uh, creep show too, for sure. Uh, in the first one, I would have to say that the best segment was. Uh, the Lonesome Death of Jordy Verrill, I think, is what it was called. The one where Stephen King is the hick and he finds the meteorite. Man, I haven't seen Creepshow 1 in forever. I mean, I know I've seen it, but I don't remember. It's good. It holds up, for sure. But yeah, so I went over to my buddy's place. We watched this movie, me, him, uh, a couple of other kids, his sister, and uh, we weren't supposed to. And I hadn't heard anything about it, obviously. I was 11 years old. And at that time, we were talking, much like we've spoken about before, no, about nothing but horror movies and stuff, shit we didn't know anything about. So getting to watch it was a lot of fun. And I give that movie, I would give it a B-. minus. Yeah, so for my next one, for that uh, that era of just kind of being a kid or whatever, is... So I remember uh, I used to just get random-ass comics, you know, from flea markets or whatever. And it was some dumb comic I got called Captain Carrot. I just had to look it up because I forgot what it was <laughs> called. And... Uh, it's just like some like I don't know animals that dress up like superheroes and do dumb shit, and the main dude his uh, name was Roger Rodney Rabbit, and then I remember my dad at one point and I was really into this comic for like whatever two months and uh, my dad came in and he's like hey I got us tickets to go see Roger Rabbit and I was like Roger Rabbit like I didn't know what the fuck that was I'm like is it Roger Rodney Rabbit is it this Captain Carrot thing and he's like I don't know kid I don't know what his middle name is (laughs) 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 and I got you tickets to this thing so the only thing I thought is like is it based on this comic I'm reading like maybe it's possible but then we went to see it and it's Roger Rabbit like who framed Roger who framed Roger Rabbit yeah and it's way fucking better than Captain Goddamn Carrot (laughs) and yeah like that movie I remember that's why I remember that I didn't know anything about it is because I thought it might be this other thing so you're talking about Who Framed Roger Rabbit yeah okay so Who Framed Roger Rabbit is the movie that I'm talking about that uh, yeah my dad just took us to go see and and it was way way like better than I ever could have imagined because the only thing I had in my mind is like maybe it's this even though I like this comic I knew deep down it was fucking stupid (laughs) you know and Roger Rabbit like incredible fucking movie like they're just nothing like it's one of those movies that nowadays wouldn't i don't even know what that would be like if they tried to do it with computers and shit like the fact that it was hand animated 
over top of animatronics. Yeah, that's phenomenal. It was fucking crazy. Yeah, so that one definitely, like, that was one of my most shocking, like, just going to a movie blind and just like, holy fuck, because there honestly has never been anything like that again. There was, like, Cool World and shit, but, like... Space Jam. Space Jam, yeah. I never saw Space Jam, actually. I didn't either. Yeah, I mean, it's just not, yeah, not... Not into the the topic of it, but but honestly, I'm not a fan of Roger Rabbit. I no, find I it I find it boring. But I it's mean. real weird because I do remember as a kid, I really didn't understand the plot, and then I watched it, you know, on VHS when it came out, and I still never understood. So finally, when I got older, when I was a teenager, I'm like, all right, let's sit down and watch this fucking movie and figure out what's actually going on. And yeah, this plot that Christopher Lloyd wants to uh, just make freeways. And that's his evil plot, is like, ah, they'll be amazing, there'll be gas stations from here to wherever, and there's the, the freeway, <laughs> and it'll get rid of the old-timey streetcars, and it's like, who gives a fuck? That's not even an evil plan, that's actually progress. <laughs> like, You're just being a dick about it. <laughs> yeah. So I could definitely understand why, yeah, like, as, as a kid, I was just confused. So yeah, the overall plot, I'm with you, it's really bad, and really pointless, and really stupid. But yeah, just the uh, oh, but the imagery was great. Like everything, yeah. everything else was good. It was just the story stunk. Yeah, the story was real bad. But yeah, just like the uh, I, like the things that really stuck in my head were when uh, Eddie Valiant's talking about how him and his brother used to go into Toontown because other people didn't want to do PI cases in Toontown because it was too fucked up. Mm-hmm. But they loved it. It's just fun, just a fun time until fucking Judge Doom dropped a goddamn piano on his brother, <laughs> and like it's so creepy. And then at the end, where he's like. Do you remember this voice? When I killed your brother! <laughs> it's like so <laughs> scary. And then, of course, on the other side, the fucking, like, that's the other thing they don't do like they used to is the eye candy for daddy, man. Like, I, I wish I could have interviewed my dad after that movie and been like, how did you feel about Jessica Rabbit, you porn addict? I bet you loved it, right? Because as the, you know, whatever I was, like, eight years old, it didn't really sink in, but I recognized that, like, that's a hot chick. I have a co-worker, actually. Not really a co-worker. He kind of works in the... Uh, the office downstairs we don't uh, like we work together and he's higher up than me but he's not my boss if that makes sense right and he's a porn addict and a pervert he's like a different department and I can't count how many times in the last few months he's brought up uh, Jessica (laughs) Rabbit like Jessica Rabbit's really hot right and I'm like She's a hand-drawn thing, dude. Very formative for a lot of people. At least, though, that's one thing, too, is at least Jessica Rabbit, she was a cartoon, but at least she was a human. (laughs) Where I really think, like, the next generation that came after us that is all just, like, drawn Sonic fucking fan fiction and shit. Speaking of Space Jam, uh, that fucking Lola Bunny chick from Space Jam is like again just like the sexy character except she's a fucking rabbit you think that's not gonna mess up kids well, let's just take, <laughs> let's just go back jump back a step though <laughs> you you just mentioned jessica rabbit being a cartoon but a hot chick human cartoon that hot chick human cartoon fucks a rabbit <laughs> yeah that's true what is wrong with her <laughs> like right there red flag yeah. fuck the dress red flag Truly weird movie, Roger Rabbit. But anyway, yeah, so there we go. That's That was my next one. It's good old Roger Rabbit. Uh, my next one is a movie we've already reviewed. Of course, I uh, have nothing but good things to say about this movie. Suffice it to say, we both gave it an A-plus rating. I'm talking about Reanimator. Oh, yeah. I stumbled across that only a few years ago. I remember seeing the box for it in video stores when we were kids, but was never able to rent it. Q 20 years later, I uh, stumbled onto it on, I believe, Netflix. 
you can't go wrong. I can't say anything bad about it. There's no flaws in that movie, in my opinion. It's 100% solid. Stumbled across it by accident. Have bought it twice since. And if I can find a VHS for it, I'm going to buy that in two seconds. Right. Yeah, where I'd say with Reanimator, for me, it's like I just I knew a little bit too much. I didn't really know exactly what it was about, but I kind of knew. So I really didn't feel like I was seeing it blind. I was more just shocked how good it was because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I had sort of a sense of what it was, except I think, like I said in our podcast, I wasn't sure which one was Reanimator and which one was Eraserhead. <laughs> like, to me, I wasn't sure which movie was which. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now I've watched them both and, like, yeah, you can skip Eraserhead, but uh, fucking Reanimator is, yeah, so yeah. good. So if you get a chance, go out and buy Reanimator. I want everyone to buy Reanimator because if you don't like it, you're a fucking scumbag. And if you do like it, it's supporting companies like Arrow Video and Synapse who painstakingly, I guess, uh, what's the word? They re-edit the movies. I can't think of the, the fucking... They give it a new transfer and stuff and they clean it up and give a better picture and all the sound and all that. Right. So, if we want more good movies like this to be brought to Blu-ray, you have to buy these ones. And this is a great one to buy. I agree. A triple plus. <laughs> a, yeah, A triple plus. Our only A triple plus. <laughs> There's this thing in, uh, I don't know what it stands for, nobody really knows, but in Japanese games sometimes, like uh, Resident Evil games and shit, Metal Gear Solid games and stuff, mm-hmm. where they'll give you a rating at the end from, you know, F to A, A plus, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you can get above A, and for some reason it's called S. S rank is the best. So Reanimator is an S rank movie. <laughs> it's just like, but no one really knows what that means. Superb, super, who knows, whatever. But Maybe we should create, like, uh, a, a new rating, like a new, like, there's A, uh, or you can go S or a four star or something like that like i don't know anyway moving on so uh i guess for i got like three more in mind i guess the next one i'll do is uh we must have talked about this i'm not sure but i remember when logan came out so i follow the x-men movies pretty well but not the wolverine movies Uh, recently i watched the wolverine the Mm -hmm. one he goes to japan and it's like it's not bad but it's pretty good but at the time i didn't watch it because i heard that x-men origins was bad i never really heard much about wolverine so i didn't watch it so I remember when the Logan trailers came out, it was one of those things all over Twitter. Everyone was like, whoa, really cool, and they, they used that Johnny Cash song, which is the fucking... I hate how everyone... No, I shouldn't hate this, because, hey, Johnny Cash, rest in peace, he's a classic, but it's a fucking Nine Inch Nails song. It's not a goddamn Johnny Cash song. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so that's all I knew, is that they used the Johnny Cash Hurt song. Everyone said it looked really good. But that's one of those times when, like, I first started changing my mind, where I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to watch this trailer. I am going to go see the movie, but I'm not going to watch the trailer. Mm -hmm. And it was bananas when I got to the movie. It was, like, a perfect example of how not knowing is way cooler, where I didn't know fucking anything. I didn't know that it took place in the future. I didn't know that uh, Professor X was in it. I didn't know that it was about a little Wolverine girl. I didn't know Stephen Merchant was in it. I didn't know fucking anything. And so everything that happened, I even at the, I remember I even when the name credits were coming up, I, I somehow missed that too. I didn't see Patrick Stewart's name. Mm-hmm. So like when Professor X showed up, I'm like, this rules. And when Stephen Merchant showed up, I'm like, this rules. When the little girl showed up, I'm like, is she a little Wolverine girl? I didn't know. Everyone else in the theater knew already. <laughs> and on top of that, you know, when you see the movie and Professor X starts swearing, like, that's perfect. Yeah. And just that setup is still, I think, maybe 
maybe the coolest, like weirdest, bravest superhero movie setup ever. That it's the future and everyone's dead. All the X-Men are fucking dead, and Professor X is a big reason why they're all dead. And, it, well, I guess he didn't kill that many, but the world killed the rest. Like, it's a bad scene. He killed a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, just, like, just like that whole tone. Because it was even one of those things, too, where I guess I got that sense from hearing the, the chat or seeing it on social media that, oh, this is going to be the serious one or whatever, but whatever. Like, a serious... People's idea of what is a serious grown-up movie is not the same as mine. Right. But then I saw Logan, and I'm like, holy fuck. It really is, like, like this... Like, it's like, uh, I love metaphors. We'll t- get into that a lot when we do ginger snaps and stuff, mm-hmm. like, and, and Lost Boys also. That uh, I love using movie tropes to talk about real life stuff. Where, like, if you had a movie about your dad getting dementia, that's not fun. That's not interesting. Nobody wants to watch that. That's just a depressing reminder of what reality's like. But when it happens to Professor X, you get to experience that situation of what it's like to have your dad losing his fucking mind but in this exciting superhero movie context that is way more exaggerated and way more exciting and just like what a cool movie (laughs) yeah it was so good i definitely give the movie an a minus it was really really good Uh, i think they could have done a couple of things a little bit differently but overall very pleasing i was like my main problem with logan i guess is just the superhero movies when people look back they're going to definitely see the pattern of the third act is basically the same in almost every superhero movie. And Logan even was kind of like that, of just kind of a generic fight scene, just kind of drags a little. And yet, I didn't like the kids. Yeah, well, even that, I really feel like it would have been cooler if, if when the dude with one hand showed up with all the government agents to come get the kids, the kids should have just fucking cleaned their, just wiped the floor with them, just killed them all themselves, and like, mm-hmm. here they are, here's the new generation of scary-ass mutant kids, but yeah, it just turned into this sort of bland fight. And was, honestly, the kids and the way they handled the kids is the only reason I give it an A-. minus. Oh, and also, the evil version, they always do an evil version of the villain, of the hero, like, t- from probably from before Iron Man, but Iron Man was the first real notable one of like, mm-hmm. well, even like the Ang Lee Hulk, I guess. There's always the evil version of the hero, and yeah. Logan did that too, and it's just like... It's, but they did it better. A, yeah, they did it well, but it's still just a, a an overdone idea. But I do think that's interesting that I think history is going to remember Logan like... You know how there's like just those few westerns people still remember? Mm-hmm. The, you know, fucking like the searchers and stuff. Logan's going to be one of the very few superhero movies that in 50 years people remember. So, And I even think it's kind of neat that that it does follow the same template as all these movies. Like, mm-hmm. it's a good representative of a really good superhero movie. Yeah. It didn't really break the mold. It just did an awesome job of it. Yes. But yeah, I'm really glad I didn't watch that trailer. And then again, I watched the trailer later when I got home. And I'm like, yeah, cool trailer. But I'm glad I didn't watch it mm-hmm. at first. So there we go. What, what what do you rate the movie? Logan, eh? Logan. Yeah, I'd give you said A minus, I'd say A minus, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay, uh, I've got next uh Night of the Creeps. Uh Night of the Creeps is a Shane Black Fred Decker movie. Uh those two did the Monster Squad as well. Yeah, uh, what uh, what era is this from? I definitely never saw a Night of the Creeps. It's mid eighties. Okay, so yeah. from back then? Yeah, mid eighties. Like I'd say eighty four. 85 I believe Uh, so basically at the beginning of the movie it's cool because it's done in black and white and it's set in like the I think the 50s 
and you know it's the old cars like Studebakers and crap like that and these two this couple are at a lover's lane and uh <laughs> just got a, got a cat in the background <laughs> fuck off cat <laughs> so these this couple's at a lover's lane and uh a cop comes and shines a flashlight on him, and it turns out that this is the girl who's in the car is this cop's ex, who was out with another guy, and you know he's disappointed or whatever. And he's the, he's the original cuck. That's what started the yeah. Movie. So the, the lovers leave, and because he's just like, oh, could I watch? They see a, they see what looks to be a shooting star or a meteor or something like that land, come across the sky and crash land, and they end up going into. Uh, going to find this meteor thing so she decides to not get out of the car and it's parked on the side of the road somewhere and the boyfriend gets out of the car and he sees the meteorite and it's cracked or whatever and i think he touches it if memory serves and it kind of cracks open and a slug thing jumps out and kills him or whatever but in the interim there's a fucking psycho killer who comes up behind the girlfriend who's in the car who he escaped from an asylum or something he had he's dragging an axe and it's really cool and then you just see him swing in the axe at the girl and then it cuts to like you know 20 years later or something and i'm not going to give away a lot about the movie but i hadn't heard anything about the movie before seeing it i think i remember briefly being at a friend's place uh and it was on the movie network and i was at this guy's place hanging out and i Looked at the TV long enough to see the crazy guy swinging the axe. I'm like, oh, that looks cool. But my buddy wanted to do something else, so didn't watch it. Right. And then found it years and years later and got the out-of-print Blu-ray. But now they've made another company has put out a new version of the movie. So I have a good version, but there's a better one out. Kind of kills me a little bit deep inside. Man, that sounds cool though. I should watch that because uh, it's it's good because actually in the it foreshadows the Monster Squad too because Shane Black and Fred Decker were working on it at the time, and in one of the washrooms, someone had written on the wall like Monster Squad for Life or Monster Squad Forever or something like that. Nice. And then the Monster Squad came out like two years later. Man, that's one of the things too I do love about watching stuff that's older is like stuff like that. Like it's just interesting to put it in its place in time and its place in the careers of those guys and like yeah that's just interesting yeah like even uh it's going a little off topic but i was telling you earlier i was watching that movie alive that came out in 1993 <laughs> yeah. that uh, i'd always heard of and you know they make fun of it on the simpsons and shit but i never watched it so uh, i'm like halfway through watching it and it's really cool and because I, I was reading on wikipedia about that crash so i'm mm-hmm. like cool let's watch this movie and then I, I should never look up... Well, it's just because it's on the wiki page. It's like critical reception. And I always hate seeing that stuff because it like colors my view of it. And like all these criticisms at the time of like, yeah, this movie's okay. It could have been better, whatever. And like, yeah, maybe I would think that too in 1993. But now I'm just glad somebody made a movie about this. It doesn't have to be perfect. You right. know, like who gives a shit? Why nitpick this movie? Or, like, stuff like, yeah, Ethan Hawke, he doesn't even grow facial hair. He's got a fucking goatee through the whole thing. That's stupid. It's like, yeah, that is stupid, but who gives a shit? Shut up. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Who gives a fuck? That's one thing, too, yeah. I just, like, I don't know. I guess I this is just getting too far off topic. But, but I like that we're <laughs> generally positive about movies. Because, like, that's the only reason I have a hard time finding movie podcasts I really like is... It's like there's something to be said for being critical and like dissecting something, but but to just 
just shit on stuff constantly. It's like there are some movie podcasts that pick movies, but like on purpose, they pick movies consistently. Like it's kind of like their mo, so that they can shit on them the whole time. Oh, that's fucking stupid. Oh, why they do this? Oh, I don't like rapey scenes. Oh, I don't like blood scenes. Oh, I don't like this. Fuck off. If you don't like it, why are you talking about it? Yeah, and even like that tone like that you just brought up is how it is because it's one thing to do it in a fun way like look how fucking stupid this is but yeah to do it in this weirdly like that nerd superiority thing of like mm-hmm. oh i bet i would do better than this and it's like well then do it why, why then <laughs> yeah. then why haven't you yeah exactly don't use money as an excuse because kevin smith did it for 22 grand <laughs> yeah exactly and uh because, I mean, yeah, if I was really to really, like, bear down and, like, what are my very favorite movies, like, there's not that many. If I wanted to be critical, I can be critical, but it's just not fun. Why? And it's also, like, it's, uh, it's like putting the blinders on yourself. Like, there's so much interesting stuff about movies, even movies that didn't quite work out, that you can glean from them. But if you yeah, if people are just, like, complaining the whole time, it's like, what's the point? I mean, maybe, maybe this is just... Uh us but i th- i feel like what we do uh is talk about movies that we like or movies that we find good or interesting to try and get other people to either buy them or watch them i want people to buy the movies that we talk about because we've put time and effort into them we've deemed them worthy of talking about and we have i mean going back to nightmare sisters which is one of our first episodes like we beat up movies before. We didn't really beat up this one. This movie was still fun. Right. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a great movie, but it was a fun movie. The only movie that we legitimately shot on, and it's your fault, was uh, <laughs> was Land of the Dead. Yeah. Land of the Dead is a shit fest of a movie. I won't apologize for talking bad about it. And even that, yeah, like Land of the Dead is still one of those movies. Now that it's been about a year since we watched it, that it's like conceptually. There's things I like about it. Like, it's an interesting scenario to think about. And in, mm-hmm. in, in, when you look at it in zombie movies, it's even interesting just of, like, what not to do in a zombie movie. Like, don't make a smart zombie. It's a fucking bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's still a valuable movie. Don't make a that. smart zombie. It's a dumb idea. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, I think, like, that's, man, yeah, like, even even in that sense, that's what I love with, like, those Romero movies. Is like, I still, I like Bub in Day of the Dead that he put on headphones and he pretended to shave you know he he acted like a person but there was no it wasn't going anywhere he wasn't actually smart but then once you get yeah big daddy and land of the dead it's like this guy's not a zombie he's just a dumb guy (laughs) yeah like it's like giving a handicapped guy a zombie mask to follow him that should have been the twist ending is he's not a zombie that's what the original name was sound starts coloring like yeah land of the dead was called land of retards (laughs) it's just dennis hopper and his his big uh his big in his like city island he's like no retards here (laughs) keep them out He's like, all we need to do is get a big catapult, fill it with crayons and coloring books, and shoot it over the gate. <laughs> yeah. They'll be happy for weeks. Man, if we had our own, like, Mad TV sketch show, like, that could be our yeah, opening sketch, good, and yeah. we're just immediately canceled. Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. They don't even finish the episode. So, what was the next uh, one you had on tap? So, uh, the next one I was thinking of is Django Unchained. Where, oh, good movie. Good pick. Yeah, and, like, obviously Tarantino is really, never really, the only Tarantino movie, I guess, like, I only watched Jackie Brown once. I didn't hate it. I just didn't love it. 
The only one I didn't like is uh, Death Proof. Stuntman Mike is just mm-hmm. it's just too slow, too boring. But overall, obviously Tarantino is is excellent, and uh, and I loved Inglorious Bastards like a lot. So Django was the next movie. And I remember I was living here in Toronto, and I saw I just saw the ads on uh, bus stops that just said Django Unchained, Leo DiCaprio's face, Christmas Day. And I'm like, you know what? Again, I'm not going to look it up. I'm not going to ask anybody what this is. I'm going to do no research. I'm just, just going to go, go see, it. see it. And that was another weird case where I'm like, holy shit, this takes place in cowboy days? Holy fuck, Leo DiCaprio's a horrible slave owner racist? Like, I didn't know anything. It was like, it, it, this could have been Pulp Fiction 2 for all I knew. Like, I didn't know if it was going to be modern. I didn't know if it was going to be from the future. I didn't know anything. And mm-hmm. like, again, just so cool. Like, just such a nice nice experience to have it uh, like unravel in front of you and just like this is not at all what i expected so yeah that was cool i give i definitely give that movie a, a solid a yeah for I sure mean, i didn't like it as much as inglorious bastards mostly just because uh it was one of those things where after i can't think of his name now but you know the german actor christoph waltz yeah after he dies it's like well you know this movie just never quite recovers it's just like that last bit i'm like i just wish he was still in it <laughs> i mean but that's the only really i mean django criticism. django was was a really good movie inglorious bastards does not get enough praise in my Man, opinion yeah i love inglorious bastards so much where inglorious bastards it's like i've always found tarantino movies weird like some of them take a while to grow on me even pulp fiction just because they're so uneven and so unusual and inglorious bastards is totally like that where Mm -hmm. like some of the characters get introduced with like 70s font for no reason and just like just weird just a weird movie and then like the action parts but then the really slow parts so good the bear jew and just shooting hitler's face off (laughs) so good (laughs) i love too. do you ever hear the theory i think this is so neat where there's that vague connection between Tarantino movies, like the uh, what are the the red apple cigarettes and stuff? Like yeah. Just these little signs that that's all takes place in the same world. Mm-hmm. So that's one theory I heard or read somewhere that is really awesome, is that if Inglorious Bastards is the Tarantino versus version of World War II, like all these people, Vincent Vega grew up in a world where where Hitler got his face shot off with a machine gun, and it kind of makes sense why society is so violent like they just come from a more violent timeline mm-hmm. and they're like that's a neat way to look at it that's really cool definitely solid a solid a for django um my last pick is a movie you haven't seen uh, it's called burying the axe yeah no definitely have not seen it now i do not remember i know i i stumbled across it on netflix is how i first saw it fuck three four years ago it's got Anton Yelchin. It's got uh, the girl that was in the Texas Chainsaw 3D, and she was also in uh, True Detective season one. Anyway, she's she was a a hot thing for a little while. I mean, the, oh, I think I know who you mean. The chick with the tits and the the eyes. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Uh, she was in the Baywatch movie, stuff like that. Anyway, uh, this girl had uh, a lot of. Um, I guess there was. A lot of buzz about her for a little while because she did like this sex scene with uh, Woody Harrelson and True Detective, and you know she hadn't done anything like that before. Wasn't she? She was in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's where I know her from. Yeah. Anyway, but I know who you mean. I just don't know her name. Magic of the Internet. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's look it up. <laughs> what are we doing? Alexandra oh. Daddario. Right. Uh, Ashley Green was in the movie as well. 
there's a couple of other people of note. But anyway, uh, so basically, Anton Yelchin is this, like, kind of nerdy dude. He's got a, uh, a girlfriend who's a fucking cunt from hell. Like, just, just horrible. And, you know, he meets this girl who runs an ice cream shop, who is Alexander Daddario. And they have such similar interests. They both like horror. They both like nerd stuff, whatever. And she's so nice to him. And he, like, they're into each other. You can tell they have a chemistry. And he wants to break up with this other girl because she's just a rotten bitch beast from hell. Like, she won't let him... Like, she's designed his apartment for him and, you know, gotten rid of anything cool that he likes. And, you know, it's not his apartment anymore sort of thing. So he's decided he's going to break up with her. So they go to this park or whatever. And I don't remember if he actually gets to tell her that he's going to break up with her or not. But she gets pissed off about something. Because she gets pissed off about a lot of things in the short time you see her. And she gets hit by a fucking bus and dies. But he's got this thing in the in the shop that he works at because he sells oddities and stuff like that, and it ends up bringing this crazy fucking hoe bag back to life and reanimating her. So she comes back and she's still a bitch and she's, you know, still into him. But he's like started dating this girl, the cool girl Alexander Daddario, and it's sort of like the um, I guess all of the funny stuff that happens uh, until, you know, finally this girl is no more once more. I think she dies in the movie. I don't know. I hope she does. But anyway, it's a good movie. It it was fun. I stumbled across it. Um, I'm going to give it a B plus. Uh, It's definitely, I mean, a B plus is still a really solid rating. Yeah, that sounds Uh, all right. I think it's an indie movie anyway. but But as soon as I saw a copy for sale somewhere, like I... I couldn't find this anywhere for the longest while, and I stumbled across it uh, at a HMV before HMV closed down here in Canada, and I don't remember how much it cost. I think it was like fucking 25 bucks, but I was like, well worth it. It's so much fun. Nice. So you'll have to check it out. Yeah, I'll have to watch that. And I know we've talked about him before because of his grisly death, but I like that Anton Yelchin kid. Yeah, I did too. He was really good. You know, he's in Green Room. Yeah, like I've never seen a bad movie that he was in, you know, which is not bad. No, yeah, exactly. Probably like Star Trek 2 is pretty shitty, but whatever. Star Trek 1 was all right. I I like the Star Trek movies. I like the first two, and I think he was in the third one as well. Maybe, I never saw it. I've got it, but I haven't watched it yet. I think I started watching the first five minutes and was like, CGI. (laughs) That's happened to me with the second one. I got like 20 minutes in, and I'm just like, I don't, I just don't need any more of this. But yeah, again, not but his fault. <laughs> I'm a completist, so, you know, I had to buy it. Anyway, you have one more? Yeah, so the other last one is uh, Until I Thought of Roger Rabbit. It's a similar case, except now as an adult. Like, like you can never be more blind than when someone takes you to a movie. Because, like, you just know nothing. So, like, right. with Roger Rabbit, I just knew nothing. So this happened to me you know, like five years ago or something, is uh, it was my old roommate Craig was like, him and his girlfriend at the time were going to go see this movie called It Follows. Oh, yeah. And he just said like, yeah, I heard it's good. You want to go? That's it. That's all I knew. I didn't know the genre. I didn't know fucking anything. And just such a perfect way to see, especially that movie, because it was weird. Like afterward, I would tell people like, yeah, the movie's pretty cool. You should watch it. 
But even that changes stuff because, I mean, it's not a perfect movie. It's a little long. It's a little slow at the end. I found it uneven. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. Like, and uh, definitely too long. Like, weird pacing. So when I would recommend it to people, I would always, you know, I'd be like, yeah, it's good, but, like, don't expect too much. Like, I don't want to build up their expectations right. too much. But when I saw it, I had zero expectations. So it was like, what a just cool ride that... I didn't even know we were going to a horror movie. I didn't know anything. And mm -hmm. in another case where I could have asked, but I didn't. I'm like, yeah, like, I'm not doing anything. Let's just go see this movie. And the first, like, 40 minutes especially, when it's still, like, moving along at a good clip, and it's... That movie has just got this weird... Um, just the vibe of just these long, slow shots, and things just take longer than they should, which is ultimately a problem, but good at the start. And the music, the, like, the theme music... Is so awesome that first scene where this just nobody character gets killed by the thing and they find her all mangled on the beach. And I just remember having the biggest grin where I'm like, what the fuck is this movie? <laughs> like, it's just so weird that I just went to see this and I didn't know, I never even heard of it before. You know what? I haven't finished it. Yeah, well, like, it's one of those things too, like, like I love so much the, uh, like, it just doesn't end that well. Like, it just kind of peters off is the problem. So you're, you're kind of not missing much. But the whole setup is so good. Like, like, I think we've talked before about the situation that happens in every horror movie where nobody believes you because mm -hmm. it's too crazy. It's like, you know, how do you explain this? Especially if you're a kid in a movie, but even if you're an adult, like, you're the only one that knows about this horrible situation and no one believes you because it's too crazy. I loved how they handled that in It Follows, where the dude, he, and it just for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's just this, like, this, it's just this monster that just walks. It can look like anybody that you've ever met, so it can, you never know which one it is. It just walks towards you till it touches you and you die, and that's it. But it never stops while you're sleeping, it's still walking toward you, and you never know which one it is, and it's just like, it's like a nightmare. Then it gets transferred by having sex, the other classic horror movie thing, you have sex and now you're gonna <laughs> die. So this dude, he has to pass on the curse, so he fucks this chick, but then he has to tie her to a chair and wait for the monster to show up. And he's like, I need you to believe that this is happening. Because if it kills you, it's just going to come back after me. So he has to set up this elaborate thing of like, there's the monster. It's coming after you. Here's how it works. Don't get killed. And I just love that. <laughs> it's like he had to think it through. Like, how am I going to not only pass this on, but make sure this chick believes that this is really happening. I do intend on giving it a rewatch because I didn't dislike the movie. Right. Uh, and the reason I stopped watching the movie wasn't because I was bored or anything like that. It was because I had to go to work. Like, yeah, you and know. It's just, yeah, just even, well, in the theater, I definitely remember, like, by the last, like, half hour, I'm like, okay, let's wrap this up. Because <laughs> it really does. But I definitely, I, I'm definitely going to give it another shot because, I mean, I saw some merit in it. Right. But I, I didn't value it as highly as, I guess, I didn't give it the same sort of interest compared to the buzz that was being given to the movie. Yeah, like, I think it more falls in the, like, worthwhile experiment. Like, really good experimental horror movie, not so much, like, all-time classic, mm -hmm. you know, is yeah. how I would put it. And uh, and that music, like the opening theme tune, the guy's name's Disaster Piece. I think he's Canadian, but uh, he did the music for the game Fez. He does video mm -hmm. game music a lot. It's just this really this creepy like synth music. And I remember I was listening to that soundtrack walking around after I saw that movie. And you can't not look behind you. <laughs> like you just, it's just such a scary feeling to walk around in the suburbs at night listening to that music and just imagining like. 
that thing could be behind me right now. And they just do cool stuff. Like there's this one scene where they're at uh, at a school because they're trying to track down the dude that gave the chick the curse just mm-hmm, to get yeah. more information or whatever. And the camera just slowly spins 360 while they're uh, while they're doing whatever they're doing, and it just spins around the scene a couple of times. And you start to notice after a while that there's this one lady in the distance who's just walking straight toward them the whole time and like that's definitely it that's the monster Mm -hmm. and it's just so it's so cool (laughs) like the cool parts are 10 out of 10 and then Mm -hmm. the overall thing is like you know 7 out of 10 based on what i saw i would give the movie a b right yeah yeah just a nice b right in the middle that sounds good to me it's a b it's a b movie yeah but yeah because then i looked up the movie he did before that i don't know what he's done since but it was just a normal teen movie but it still had that artsy art school vibe and it mm-hmm. was just boring. It's like it was, he had to combine the art school vibe with with horror shit and then it suddenly it like worked and it's like oh cool. I got to throw one more movie in. One more. All right. Uh and it's just because I just thought of it. It's like one of my all-time favorite movies and I remember uh, I always talk about Log Home Video from when we were kids. Yeah. Uh, I went to Log Home Video and I had nothing to do. And so that's why I was at the fucking video store. Just hanging out. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I went there and they had just gotten their new stack of movies for that week. And uh, Kim said, Have you seen this movie? And it was Dazed and Confused. Nice. And I was like, No, I've never even heard of it. You know, she's like, Take it home and let me know what you think. Because, obviously, I was well-regarded there. Right. Uh, so, I did. I took it home. I put it in. And, man, what a fucking amazing movie. That is another movie that we would give that S rating. Like, right. absolutely A++. Like, the entire cast. It, you couldn't find a, a better cast. I remember. Like, it's weird. I somehow saw Mallrats first. And then when I saw Days to Confused, I'm like, dude, Kevin Smith like stole this whole cast. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, you have Marissa Rabisi, who ended up marrying Beck. Uh, she's the girl with the red hair. Uh, you had Matthew McConaughey in uh, in a role that he wasn't even supposed to have because what happened with him was he was out drinking one night after work. He actually did work for the city, and the producer was there, you know, and he's like, they just started bullshitting, and he liked McConaughey and how he spoke so much that he's like, yeah, I got a bit part for this movie that I'm doing here. You want? Do you want to just do it? It's like, you know, a few hours' work. I was like, yeah, man, I'll do it. So, <laughs> so, so he went, and then they expanded the role further because he had such good chemistry with everyone. So that was his first movie? I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. Nice. Uh, of course, you've got Affleck. Affleck plays the perfect asshole. <laughs> He's perfect in that movie. You have all the, the other bit players. You have Adam Goldberg. You have uh, who else? Uh, it doesn't matter. The whole fucking thing is just solid gold. I can't say enough good things, and I did go into that blind because I had never seen a trailer. I had never seen anything for it. I'd never heard of it. Right. And this is back in '93, so '93 I would have been fourteen, fourteen or fifteen. Right. Yeah. So, anyway, phenomenal movie. I'm sure most people have seen it. If you haven't, you need to get off your ass right now and go find a copy of that movie or see if it's on Netflix or something like that. Did you ever hear about those, uh, that's, well, I guess because I had that idea that I wanted to do a, 
podcast about Scott Pilgrim where I do one minute at a time. Mm-hmm. But then I found out that other people already did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like they do it with Star Wars. Somebody's doing it with Lost Boys. But I feel like you could do a great one minute at a time about Days to Confuse. Like just watch one minute and discuss what happened in that one minute. Like that's one of those movies. I wonder how totally long an episode that. would be. Yeah, I mean, I guess just you just talk to you, run out of shit to talk about. <laughs> like, right? Some episodes would be real long, some maybe not as much. But but there's just those movies that there's just so much unspoken shit kind of happening. So I guess that does it. We did it. That's yeah, uh, we've uh, we've definitely exhausted our five and in my case six movies uh, a piece for uh, movies that we went into blind and. So, we are the Prison Wallets. I'm Ray. This is Keith. You can find us on iTunes, Twitter, and Instagram, and at keithcourage.com. For Twitter, it is at Podcast Prison. For uh, Instagram, it's uh, prison underscore wallets underscore pod. You can find Keith at... Yeah, so I guess just that Keith Courage is where all our shit is, but I guess I'll mention... It's, like, annoying because every podcast mentions this, but it really is true that if uh, you just, like, go toss a review in on, like, iTunes or whatever, then iTunes knows that you're not just a piece of shit podcast that no one listens to. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it really does help it just kind of come up. Like, I noticed... So I've got this podcast I do where... Uh, I just, whatever, uh, because I'm trying to write a novel, so I just record mm-hmm. my thoughts about writing a novel. And I just noticed the other day, because iTunes is split up by country, so there was no reviews in Canada, so mm-hmm. I didn't know I had reviews. But there's like two reviews in America. It's not a ton of reviews, but it's really? like two five-star reviews. And just because of that, it ties me in with like people who subscribe to this podcast also subscribe to, and it's just a bunch of fucking annoying writing podcasts that right. are, they can go fuck themselves. They suck. I'm way... Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's way better than them. Because, like, I don't know. Again, it just makes us sound so terrible, but there's this stiffness to podcasts. Like, I'm like, let me check out these other podcasts, and mm-hmm. I hate them. I fucking hate them so much. But... It's just, it really is helpful is what I'm trying to get to. It's like, yeah. So give us on not only iTunes, but on Instagram and Twitter as well. Give us a rate, a review, a follow. Uh, I mean, rate us as you will. I mean, I don't expect everyone to love us, but I don't expect everyone to hate us either. So yeah. And I mean, even just, yeah, like we don't have to be a big podcast, but just to be even a small podcast is way better than mm-hmm. a nothing podcast. Like again, all these podcasts they do. I got this podcast I've been doing where uh, just to make myself call my mom is like, oh, I'll record it. We'll do a little podcast and we just talk about history and shit. And without exaggeration, nobody listens to this podcast. I think two people listen to this podcast. I subscribe. <laughs> and then again, yeah, I feel like, uh, actually when I listen to that podcast, I very much feel like a fucking perv voyeur because <laughs> right? I know you, I know your mother, like, you know, so listening is sort of like, I'm listening to something I don't know if I should listen to because <laughs> right? it's like, you know, anyway, uh, yeah, like rate review, uh, all that stuff, subscribe, uh, let us know what you think, because we're going to do this regardless whether you guys do this or not. But, uh, but yeah, it's always nice just to have that little little rocket fuel. Yeah. Like, I mean, if people can search us out faster or stumble across us, then uh, that's that's obviously better. And I guess we've said it before, too. But, yeah, like, I think our main ultimate goal is that if we could ever make merchandise and not lose money on it, that's it. Then we made it. We succeeded. Mm-hmm. That would be the coolest. Also, we didn't mention YouTube. We're on YouTube as well. Uh, so if you could uh, give us a follow there, subscribe, whatever the case is. I don't know. I don't know YouTube very well. 
Yeah, actually, just uh, let me just bring that up for a sec, because I just think it's interesting, is uh, as of this recording, the most recent episode to go up on YouTube was House of a Thousand Corpses. Right. So I was watching it back just to make sure everything uploaded okay. So what I did is I just took, like, a Blu-ray rip of that movie, and mm -hmm. obviously I can't just put the movie on because we would get copyright strucken. So I just, every 10 seconds, I just took a screenshot. And it's kind of a neat little way to watch it. So it was cool watching that back. First off, that movie is beautiful. Like, those mm -hmm. stills look so beautiful. But also, it really reminded me of those movie trading cards that were a big thing in the 90s. And it made me realize, like, that must be how they made those cards back in the day, is they would just take a still from an actual Yeah, that's how they did it. Yeah, and just use that photograph. Because I could totally envision it. Like, just the way they looked, these still shots of House of a Thousand Corpses, is exactly how, like, those old crow trading cards and stuff looked. And, uh, I don't know, just never never thought about it before. But Yeah, I had the Terminator 2 ones. I had the whole set of those, you know, like... And that really, too, it's also really brought into focus how how much better blu-ray looks because if you take a still shot of a vhs it's just trash the best still of a vhs in the world looks like garbage but <laughs> yeah just a still from a blu-ray rip is perfect it looks beautiful absolutely it's like a little postcard so that's that um i'm on twitter and instagram as well at borahiro 77 on both uh so you can find me at those places uh, and you can find Keith at KeithCourage.com or at Keith McNally on Twitter. Uh, so, yeah, like, rate, review. We can't say enough. We appreciate it. And we will see you, or I guess we'll fucking talk to you and you'll listen, uh, whenever we drop another fucking episode. And in summary, uh, fuck you all. <laughs> ah, you got it this time. Yeah. I could feel it on the tip of my tongue. I was going to say, go fuck yourself. And I'm like, don't say it. It's not the right <laughs>